When Howard Phillips Lovecraft first put pen to paper, he didn't know how the phantasms he conjured would affect the world in generations to come. While his name is one now commonly known, his writing occupied a particular niche in his own time that wouldn't burgeon to terrify the minds of a wide audience until the decades after his unfortunate demise. His first tales, while not about necessarily mundane topics, were about a traditional kind of horror that the writers of the time were familiar with that described the fears that were all too real for the time. But as his own fear, misunderstanding, and lack of insight into his own surroundings grew to encompass him, he conjured ever more phantasmagorical beings that grew to be timeless, both within the prose and without. In Lovecraft's work, we see the fear of the unknown, but also the fear of the alien, taking inspiration from other cultures that he himself did not understand, and twisting those ideas into nightmares, until those monstrous entities of his own make burst forth from his psyche and onto the page. While we have talked about cosmic horror before, the main takeaway was that the horror did not come from things that were unknown, but of things that could not be known. While many of Lovecraft's protagonists were erudite men of learning, this often worked to their detriment as their minds came to close around the answers to questions that were far better left unknown, and the insights they gleaned often drove them to madness as they came to understand not only the scale and scope of what they were up against, but their own insignificance by comparison. It is here I insert a second well-known name, Hidetaka Miyazaki. With the recent release of Elden Ring, Miyazaki-san's particular brand of environmental passive storytelling once again burst to the forefront as YouTube channels burst at the seams with their own findings, interpretations, and conclusions as to what this new world is, was, and could be. But that is not what I want to talk about. Today, I want to revisit Bloodborne. As the creator of massively popular Demon Souls and subsequent Dark Souls, Miyazaki's vision for Bloodborne was off the beaten path from both the perspective of gameplay as well as narrative. While the Souls series primarily focused on a dark fantasy set of narratives, sporting such conventions as fire-breathing dragons, monsters that mimic the likenesses of treasure chests, and fickle gods tormenting lowly mortals, Bloodborne cast aside these mainstays for a story about something altogether more alien and monstrous than simple giants and beasts. In many ways, the plot of Bloodborne mimics Lovecraft's own progression of horror, starting with something that seems tried and true with the so-called blood taint turning ordinary men into lycanthropes, werewolves. While one of these beasts is the first enemy you will encounter in Bloodborne, both in the cinematics and out of them, it quickly becomes apparent that the men hunting these beasts are your foes as well, and at first glance it may simply appear that these men are simply hysterical with fear and attacking anything and anyone they don't know for this reason. Closer inspection reveals that these beast hunters are far more beastly themselves than they want to allow themselves to admit. As these beasts grow massive, normal men suddenly turn, and the nature of the enemies you fight become more alien and surreal, it leaves one with questions as to what is truly going on in the city of Yarnum, and how these lycanthropes tie into the all more alien elements of this complex and intricate plot. Miyazaki's passive form of storytelling arose, as he states in an interview, from his own love of Western literature as a child and his lack of understanding of it. In his youth, he would get his hands on Western fantasy books, but his then poor grasp of the English language meant that there would be sections, both small and large, that he simply could not understand. From the bits and pieces he could glean out of these novels, he would fill in the gaps himself to create his own narratives and plots. This heavily influenced the way he tells the story of his own worlds, 
throwing the player in mostly blind and ignorant to the history of the world around them and refusing the usual methods of long expositional cutscenes in order to force the players to read item descriptions, talk to NPCs, and analyze the scenery around them to piece together whatever they can if they should desire anything more than the most cursory knowledge of the people they have been set to slaughter. And that is why, in my opinion, Bloodborne is the perfect role-playing experience. The game begins in much the same way that the Souls series does. You show up in the city of Yharnam for unclear reasons beyond simply needing a blood transfusion, and you are set out with only the objective of killing beasts to pay off your debt. Kill bosses, win the game. As the player progresses, they are presented with a world clearly rich with history that they will have to do some serious digging in if they want to know more. This is represented in two ways. Firstly, as the player's own knowledge base of the game world that they cobble together, and as a resource in-game known as Insight. Insight plays a major role in the game as a spendable resource and as a way for the player character to gain glimpses of things hidden from them in the world should they accrue enough of it. In this way, it becomes a conscious choice on the part of the player, and thus for the role of their character as well, if they wish to glean more about the things they are seeing and experiencing, or if they merely wish to bullheadedly plow through all the challenges placed before them. A third role for Insight, however, is as a detriment to the player character. As the game progresses, the player will encounter a status effect known as Frenzy, the effect of the horrific and alien upon their mind that causes them to go mad when they glimpse certain horrifying creatures or are faced with enemies using powers beyond their understanding. The more Insight a character accrues, the more they understand about the horrors they face, and the more deadly this frenzied madness becomes. Only by spending insight, and thus keeping the character ignorant, can they hope to give themselves the chance to come out of this frenzy with their minds intact. Much like the erudite characters of Lovecraft's mythos, the more they understand, the more terror and danger they face. With this in mind, the player must strike a delicate balance of accruing knowledge and insight while keeping themselves ignorant enough to beat the odds and end the hunt. But it is here we come into another touchstone of the cosmic horror genre. The hunter you play as uses the power they gain to become akin to a walking arsenal, a monstrously efficient machine of slaughter that can use simple iron and fire to bring low even the likes of the great old ones and outer gods, the most powerful beings in the Lovecraft mythos. But are these victories truly victories at all? Bloodborne has three endings, spoiler alert for those who haven't finished the game but want to. In the first, after conquering a monstrous nightmare, the player accepts German's offer of severing their connection to the hunter's dream and thus ending their cycle of death and rebirth. The sun rises and all is well, but the core of the problem has not been solved. The hunt will rise again on another night, and terrors beyond imagining will rise again to continue destroying the world that we know. In the second, we refuse Gehrman, who responds aggressively and tries to put us down by force. Once defeated, a truly monstrous and alien creature descends from the moon and claims you as the new vessel for the hunter's dream. While you did not give in, defeat was inevitable as now you are the impetus for further hunts, and the outer gods continue to ravage the world. In a more difficult to attain third ending, you proceed as in the second, after consuming the umbilical cords of three outer gods, and as the baleful moon presence tries to consume you, this time your own eldritch transformations prevent it from doing so. After slaying the horror, you, the hunt can finally end. Except it doesn't. 
In order to put an end to the Moon Presence, you yourself must ascend beyond humanity, and after its death, you transform into a fledgling outer god, becoming the new nightmare that haunts the dreams of the daylight world. No matter how much you struggle, no matter how hard you fight, there is no true good ending. The powers and beings you strive to defeat are too far beyond mere men and their pathetic understanding to be brought low. Even the nightmares you've managed to kill being only little more than physical manifestations for greater minds that continue to exist even after their supposed deaths. True to Lovecraft's own visions, there is no victory, only survival at great cost. In this we see an excellent representation of cosmic horror and a visual medium. Bloodborne, while horror-themed, is not itself an actual horror game. However, the themes and concepts of cosmic horror are represented in a fantastic way as the player has to actively seek out the secrets that weren't meant to be discovered to progress. While a visual representation of an unknowable terror strips away the power of our minds to fill in what is most horrifying to us, our insights gleaned over playthroughs of the game give these monsters a deeper meaning than just ripping claws, gnashing teeth, and thrashing tentacles. It isn't until we know what these things actually are that the full effect of why these things should inspire fear becomes apparent, and by combining Miyazaki's brand of passive storytelling with the genre of cosmic horror, one gets to play the role of one of Lovecraft's tragically misdirected heroes plunging headfirst into nightmares they have no true hope of understanding and even less chance of escaping. I want to thank everyone for listening to this small little snippet. It's been a while since I put out some content, and it's something I feel pretty bad about, but um, things are starting to settle down a bit more, and I'm hoping I can get back into actually making the podcast in the near future. Uh, we will, of course, talk about Psychers in Wrath and Glory, as I previously stated would be the next actual episode, but for now, I wanted to just put out this little thing that's been kind of knocking around my mind for a while. I'm a huge fan of H.P. Lovecraft, and I'm a huge fan of Bloodborne, and of course the two things are just so excellent, such good content to consume, especially whenever you understand both cosmic horror and how Miyazaki's storytelling actively promotes the themes of cosmic horror, despite physical and visual representations of the things in Lovecraft stories are very hard to represent accurately. So thank you everyone who has been stuck around, who's decided to listen to this, and uh, no, it's it's good to make something again, um, and hopefully in the near future I'll be able to put out some new content, actually get back to doing things, uh, getting stuff out every week the way I used to, and uh, you know, I'll see you then. Uh, bye.